0: Hi guys, I'm Angeline and welcome to Surrender to the Suck, a podcast to discuss and tackle radical acceptance and how letting go can sometimes be the path to finding your truest self. Because let's face it, some parts of life just suck. Instead of trying to change every aspect about it, we can work on accepting and letting the shit go while bitching about it with me first, of course. Join me each week as we surrender to the suck and tackle various topics about society and parenthood. Let's get into it. Hey guys and welcome to Surrender to the Suck. So today we're going to be talking about what I have learned in five years of parenting because my oldest just turned five and honestly it started to hit me like a ton of emotional bricks. I have never been one to be overly sentimental about birthdays, but five years that's a long time. And there's this journey that you watch your kids go through when they turn from a baby into a toddler. And then there's this huge change when they go from toddler to kid right around that four and a half, five year mark. And then you look at your kid and you're like, wow, you're, you're a kid, you know, you're not, you're not a baby anymore. And you start to see how their life is going to unfold ahead of them. And it is really weird to watch. When they're young, so much of their time is your time. But as they get older, it separates and they almost, and then they become more of their own person and their personality starts to shine through even more. And it's just, it's crazy to watch. It's crazy to see. And there's just a huge developmental leap around that five years old. And in this kind of huge five-year anniversary of parenting, five years of so much stuff, I wanted to look at really what I've learned because now as I've gotten more into parenting, I've realized some of the best advice is things that I've been hearing all along, but a lot of the best teachers in parenting are people who have been parents for longer because the longer that you're a parent the more perspective that you get about parenting and the easier you're able to separate the frustrations from kind of what needs to happen and how you need to parent and what's actually going to make a difference down the road like is it really going to matter too much if you're giving your kid mac and cheese or wendy's for one week because you're really tired from work probably not. Like long-term, it's really not going to matter. But if you're fresh within the thralls of parenting at first, that that probably feels like a massive deal. And you're like, wow, I'm such a horrible mom. But when you get a little bit more confidence and experience as a parent under your belt, you're just like, wow, yeah, no, I just needed to do that this week. The first thing that I really learned in five years of parenting, and that five years is not a long time. It is not a long time. And I think you get a taste of this when you're pregnant because pregnancy feels like the longest nine months of your entire life, and it probably is the longest nine months of your entire life, but then it's over. As quick as, a, as, quick as you got pregnant, you're done, and then the baby's here. It is the weirdest time warp that you'll ever experience and parenting is the same. Her turning five has kind of hit me so hard because it seems like such a big number. Like five. That's a, that's a big number. That's a big age, but it's not a long time. It went by honestly so, so quickly, and I think kids fool you because when you're not able to sleep, for so long and they keep you up and the days just drag on. It feels like these stages are going to last forever because the days are super long, right? Most days you're counting down until bedtime. You're like, when can I get a rest? When can I sleep? And then you blink and five years has gone by. It's insane to see how quickly it really does go by. And realizing this has made me appreciate the little moments more. Not that I don't get frustrated, because of course I do, but it's made me appreciate the little quirks of each age more than I think I did previously. Because each stage has little quirks, little things that they do, and then they stop when they get older. You know, it's like when your kid goes from saying mama to mom, and it, it kind of hits you that that's them getting older, but that's, you just start to appreciate that little quirk that they're doing at that time a little bit more. Like you appreciate that mama more than the mom. And realizing that has also kind of helped the days go by a little bit faster. Because five years is not a long time. And you really do have to try as much as you can and as much as you're able to enjoy the days as they go by. And when I say, oh, she's five years old, oh, starting kindergarten and then you start to think, oh they're starting school. Like they're going to school. Oh wow. Middle school's next. And then high school. And then, oh my God, you know, they're, they're a young adult. What, whatever path they choose, you know, if they go to college, trade school, start a business, you know, get married, have kids, whatever it is, their life is being laid out for them. And you start to see that path. You start to see, whoa, like It's just, it's, it's mind blowing and it's a very weird thing to experience. The second thing that I have learned in five years of parenting, which I think this is my absolute favorite thing that I've learned because it's helped so much with frustration is the fact that you cannot make another human being eat, sleep, or go to the potty when you want them to. You really do just have to surrender to the suck. And I think this is the hardest adjustment of parenting because you, you know why they need to do these things. You know the long-term consequences of what happens when the baby or the toddler isn't sleeping well, doesn't eat, or when they are refusing to go potty. You know what's going to happen. They have no idea what's going to happen. You know that, oh, wow, if if this kid doesn't eat this meal, they're going to ask for a bunch of snacks. Maybe you don't have snacks at the house at that point. Oh, wow, okay, now I need to go grocery shopping for these snacks, or I need to go place an order on Instacart. You know that that's going to happen, and then they're going to be overtired. And you're like, oh shit, now they're going to be overtired. We're going to have a bunch of meltdowns. Now the rest of the day is going to be difficult. The kid's not thinking this. The kid is going, I don't want this gross meal that's in front of me. This looks disgusting. It smells weird. You cannot make them eat or sleep or go potty when you want them to. Really, you cannot make them do anything that you want them to, but especially those Because those three have some of the biggest consequences for the day-to-day life. And you just can't control it. You are going to do everything in your power that you need to to set up the environment for them to be able to do these things, right? You're going to give them enough chances to go to the potty. You're going to ask them when they need to. You're going to have the meals that they want. You're going to have snacks. You're going to have nutritional things for whatever that means for your family. You're going to have a bedtime routine. You're going to have, you know, a sleep sack or the room darkened and all of that stuff. And you're going to have everything set up. And sometimes they're just going to refuse to because their perspective is so much different from theirs and they are not seeing those long-term consequences and once you really realize that it makes it much less frustrating when you know that that's just out of your control the third thing that i've learned about parenting really kind of goes hand in hand with that and it's that kids go at their own pace and they need to kids They, Your kids will surprise you in ways that you are not even thinking about yet, but this is why you cannot play the comparison game. Kids are going to do what they want at the stage that they want, unless you need to go get some sort of evaluation for a skill at a certain point they're most likely fine and they're most likely going to do what they need to do at a certain point. So much of parenting, I think especially in the American culture nowadays, we are pushing kids to do things faster and earlier than ever before when it's not necessary at all. There's so much of preschool and daycare now that's focused on getting kids to learn to read really early just because they're reading earlier doesn't mean that they would have never done it anyways does it also do with like brain chemicals and them developing right it's the same thing with them being able to go the whole night without peeing the bed and not needing a pull-up it's all just in their own developmental stage every kid is uniquely different we don't need to push kids to do things faster than what they're able to they they're they should be allowed to To be kids for a little bit longer, right? This is also why we really don't need to play the comparison game, which is so hard. But this is one of the reasons why I stopped posting my kids' milestones on social media. Because when you're posting your kids' milestones and you see other parents, especially when they're babies, and you see one baby that's doing something, like, oh, my someone will be like, Oh yeah, my my kid walked when they were nine months old, and then you're looking at your nine month old and you're like, oh is something wrong with you? And then the panic sets in that, oh, wow, go to the doctor. Maybe we need to be working on walking. Maybe we need to go buy something special. And it's just ridiculous. No, you don't need to play that comparison game. Kids are going to do what they need to do at their own pace. Again, barring some actual issue that needs evaluation. If they don't have that, they're going to do what they need to do. They just need to do it at their own pace. You can't make them do that. The same way that you can't make them eat or sleep when you want to because you know those long-term consequences, you can't make them crawl. You can't make them read. You can't make them walk. You can set up everything. So they have the chances to do these things and so it's developmentally appropriate, but you can't force them to do it. And you love your kids and you want the best for them, but you can't make, you can't make them do it. The fourth thing that I've learned about parenting is that restructuring your life to fit your kids doesn't have to be a negative. And I think this is kind of This is my opinion, and I think this is something that's a little bit more controversial to say because I've always seen two sides of the coin on this one where some people just decide to bring their kids with them literally everywhere. I have seen babies at concerts. I have seen babies in stores at midnight. That's your decision. My decision, what I've always done, is that my kids are going to fit into my life, but the parts that they are going to fit into my life for are going to be appropriate for the child. I can have a life that's separate from my kids, so I'm not going to be bringing a baby to a concert. I, because for me and for my family, I don't find that appropriate. It's not bad if you do, but this is just my feeling that concert really loud noise, probably not the best place for my kids. They're going to be in bed asleep and then I'll go do something. So restructuring your life to make it a a childhood that you feel like they should have doesn't have to be negative. You can still have your life. You can still do what you want to do, but your kids don't always have to be there. One part of this for me, which took me a really long time to kind of realize, was I love to exercise. I love to compete in races. I exercise almost every single day each week, but I can't exercise a lot of the times with my kids. Like, I can't run on the street with both kids. Do I force them to do that? No, because neither kid would want to sit in a stroller. They would be crying the whole time. So am I going to make them sit in the stroller while I go do my run? No. So what did I do? We got a treadmill or I go and run on the road when I have someone to watch them. So you have to restructure your life a lot of the times for kids, but that doesn't mean your life is over. You just find new ways to be able to do your hobbies, to be able to do the stuff that you want to. You're also like, I can't really read when my kids are awake because they're loud and it's distracting. So you just read when they go to bed. You just find other pockets of time to do your hobbies in, which this is one of the hardest parts I think about being a parent because sometimes finding those pockets of time is almost impossible or it might be impossible in certain phases of your life when you're really busy if you're going to school if you have a job that's really demanding it is really hard to find those pockets be able to fit your hobbies into but you have to you absolutely have to and the last thing that i have learned in my five years of parenting and that is that motherhood is full of conflicting emotions. And you can be frustrated at the same time that you're enjoying the age. I have heard so many times, and I'm sure you have too, the, the old, you're going to miss when they're this young. First of all, here's some reassurance for you. I, I never have. I have never missed when my daughter was younger as my son's getting older, I have never missed when he was out of when he was in the newborn stage. I don't look at them and go, Wow, I really wish they were that small again. No, I fucking hated it. I'm not a fan of the baby stage. I am really not a fan of the younger stages. I like when my kids get a little bit older and they're able to do more because they're happier people. I've always found that as they're able to move more and communicate more, they're just a happier little person. When they can sit and walk and then be able to talk to you, they're Happier. They can go get what they want rather than sitting there looking at you crying because you tried to feed them but their foot was itchy. I don't think this is going to change as I get older. You can enjoy the stage that they're at but also be happy and relieved when they're out of it because though baby smiles and giggles are great, who wants to be sleep deprived, right? It's just like the negatives of some stages take over the positives, the negatives of like not being able to sleep and having to take a million things in a diaper bag when you go somewhere and having to plan more things around your kids when they're younger. That's a bigger deal to me than, oh, cute, cute baby giggle. And this is something that I've kind of openly talked about now. Actually, when my daughter was younger and I would talk about the frustrations of her her age because she was a difficult baby, very difficult baby. And I would always get everyone, oh, you're going to miss it. And it's like, But I'm not, though, and as she's gotten older, I can say that has stayed, and I have never, ever truly missed a stage. Ever. So if you're someone that's like, oh yeah, I don't really think I'm gonna miss this. This is kind of awful. You're probably right. It probably really is awful. And that's, again, kind of where surrender to the suck comes in. Like, you know, this does suck. Wow, this age is horrible. But it's not going to last forever. And you don't have to feel guilty about being frustrated, which is also part of this conflicting emotion. Mom guilt and frustration go hand in hand. You don't have to feel guilty for being frustrated. Some things are super frustrating. Let's say... Instead of it being your child, you are a nanny. And all the frustrating things you're talking instead of about it's your kid, it's your na- it's a kid that you're nannying. Would you have any guilt saying that you are frustrated that you're the kid that you're nannying threw a shoe at your head? Or threw up the lunch that you just ate them and now they're whining for a snack? Or that they won't stop crying when they're in the car? No, you probably wouldn't feel, you would not feel guilty about that at all. You'd be complaining about your job to absolutely anyone who would listen. It is super frustrating and you don't have to feel guilty about it being frustrating. And a little bonus that I have is that you as the parent know best about your kid. I have had many times that I have had to advocate either with doctors or schools or family members, whatever it is, you know your kid best. Some kids are a little bit more difficult. Some kids have specific needs that maybe other kids don't have. You know your kid and it's definitely your job to to advocate for them and don't feel bad about advocating for them just because maybe another kid is different. If your kid has a really big attachment to some stuffed animal and you, know, you have a family member being like, oh no, it's fine. They don't need that to sleep over at my house. And you're like, no, they do. It can be something kind of as almost triv- trivial as that. You know best. You know how to advocate for your kid. So thank you guys for listening to this episode of what I have learned in five years of parenting. I am sure I'm gonna look back on this in another five years. And I don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna think when I look back on this in another five years. It's gonna be interesting to see how the next five years of parenting is gonna go. But if you jive with this content, please like and if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and hit me up on Instagram if you have learned anything different in five years of parenting, or maybe you have kind of learned the same thing. So thank you guys for listening.